0: I starting mm, if you'd like to how was Christmas? Uh, Christmas went well good a um, lot of food we talked about this is our, this is our third time recording this by the way um, why? well, the first one I don't know what happened the recording just stopped about 20 minutes in, so that was a pain in the ass and then uh, second time Uncle Andy's phone ran out of storage. Oh fuck. So that wasn't the uh the best thing ever. Nope. But uh a lot of food. A lot of food. Not uh not the best. Actually a lot better than most years in terms of self-control, I'd say. Yeah. It was
1: good that uh for me it was good too. We had um Usually there's just no point in trying. It seems, but this year was good. I got to the gym every single day, did some good exercise every single day. Um, but it was good. I don't think I gained. Well, I actually weighed myself for the first time in uh, a few weeks, and I'm I'm good. That's good. Yeah, really good. Sl- so I felt
0: good. But every other year has been hard. The, th- it's uh, it's the unknown. The all the things that come up. Yeah. Like so, for me, we got the big Italian thing. I think I told you this before. Yeah, we got. Um, so it'd be Christmas. Christmas Eve, Eve, so the 23rd, yep. we do a family thing, 24th, family thing, 25th, family thing, 26th, then maybe one other day until New Year's, and then New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. That's a lot. In so basically, weeks?
1: when the kids get out of school, we have our tournaments and stuff. Those that, That's the other thing. We didn't have the tournament this year because of COVID. Right.
0: Our, our
1: home tournament, like our three-on-three tournament, which... Uh, we're at the rink all day and I'm not really doing a whole lot of you either, a whole lot of moving around mm-hmm. and we have snacks and stuff around and that's what gets me oh, is yeah. the snacks. The so it starts on the 22nd or the 23rd and then you got to go through yeah. Christmas and then you got to go through New yeah. Year's and it's like almost two weeks of just not in your habits and it's just, it's brutal.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's funny how fast things can go if your routine breaks down.
1: Yeah. That's it.
0: And I don't really, I don't know exactly what that is, why that happens, but just in your brain, it's yeah. so much easier to just not care and and do things that you wouldn't normally yeah. do just because you're not in the same flow that you're yeah. normally in you know yeah. what i mean even if you have like a work schedule or something and you're out of it yeah it's not not good
1: yeah that's why i was happy i got this whoop that i know you want one really badly i do um dalton prout showed me this a couple weeks before uh, no a couple months ago and uh it's whooped w-h-o-o-p that's not an advertisement it's just well i guess maybe it is because i i um I think very highly of this thing because it's, it's one thing that keeps me on track. So part of having good habits, getting up at a certain time and, you know, being on a schedule keeps you, keeps you going in the right direction. But so what this is, is, um, I was looking at getting a heart monitor in the summertime for my running and stuff like that, sprinting hills and just see how high my heart rate gets in the, in the, I used to have one, I used to have a Fitbit and I used to have all the different tools, but I really like this because it shows you your sleep. So. And it's incredible how much your sleep affects your workouts. Like it's good to see it live Mm because you think you're rested and all, you think you're rested and it looks, it shows you exactly where you, how you slept and your heart rates and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's really good feedback. And then it'll show you based on your rest and your recovery, what your strain should be for the day. So if you go over your strain, then you're actually taxing your system even, even more. So you try to keep it at an optimal level. Mm-hmm. So it's really good feedback. So you might think like, okay, I've got it today, but you, maybe you don't. You could still push it and stuff, but you got to, it, but it'll just keep telling you your measurements. Yeah. So it's awesome. So it's one thing that keeps me dialed in. So what I've done over the years and, and t- t- I, I'm talking about this because you talked about staying on track or, or um, habits and stuff, right? So what, I, what I've done is I've always been, with, with the exception of a couple um, mid-20s, always, I've always been in very good shape. Let myself go for about two years. I didn't like it. Um, my pants made me look fat those years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, over the uh, that's a good marker. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always the best. It's a pants. Like I couldn't find a pair you of like pants. Like go down to like tire shoes. Yeah, It's
0: like out of getting yeah. out of breath trying to tie your shoes. Yeah, it's, it's like, just oh. brutal.
1: Yeah, like they always got in the way of my yeah. movement and stuff. Yeah. But so, anyways, what what happened was as I got older, I, I've had gyms. So I've had a gym, and I would get uh, little tools to keep me on track. So in the last little bit, I've had, uh, I've had my gym. Um, so that's an everyday thing, which is everyone, like my wife even says, you know, well, you're lucky cause you have a gym. I go, yeah, try going to work with a gym when you have work. So it's, you, you still have to schedule the time. So, uh, I have the gym, uh, I had a Fitbit, had those kind of different things before and the Fitbit was okay. It gave you a little bit of measurement it was, wasn't accurate at all. Like, but it was okay, but it gave you something to look at every day. Right. So it was kind of a reminder. So even though it might show you've done 10,000 steps when you've, you know, um, well, maybe I'm doing a stick handling clinic. I got to do 30,000 steps. It's, like, it's not true. But at the end of the day, it showed you're active. So it was like, okay, I was active. So it was a marker that I liked to, just for myself to say, okay, you're, you're busy. So and I might find it kind of weird, but I've also had with my gym, I've always had memberships somewhere else up until like only a couple of years ago. And the reason I had that is because I always wanted a place like on a Sunday, I want a convenience of not having to drive into work. It might, or use a different type of machine on a day that I'm home or whatever. I just wanted the convenience to go and get another workout in yeah, if I, still I needed to. I still to. do that too. I keep mine yeah.
0: at Fit for Less for that exact reason. Just yeah. Five minutes away. Convenient sometimes.
1: So I've always had that, and then I've had, um, that, like I said, I had the Fitbit, and then I bought the Echelon bike, which is like parallel to a uh, uh, Peloton bike. So again, you're getting all kinds of measurements and stuff, and you walk by it every day. So it's another thing I really look forward to. If I'm bored, I might go down – in addition to the things when i'm bored i might go down there and just do a 20 minute uh speed ride or a hills ride or sometimes just to flush out the legs from doing things and then when i got this it just keeps like there's always these reminders of staying fit staying fit staying yeah. fit what it does also is keeps me more active than i maybe have to be but that's what i like so it's the one thing i want is to be very very fit yeah for a long period of time
0: yeah it's, a, it's amazing if you just have that, like just something that keeps you accountable, it could be anything too. That's yeah. what's, that's, what's awesome. It could be another person. It could be the strap. It could be, you have a bike that you always walk by every day, Yeah. whatever it is, just like having those little things in your environment makes it way more one accessible to, to do things that you should be doing firstly. And then after that, it's like, you can't get away from it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the nice thing. Cause it's amazing what, Everyone knows this, like you go to the gym with a buddy, how much easier it is to try hard Yep. because there's somebody there, right? So when you, you, you implement these little tools that keep you accountable, it makes it way easier to keep the habits going, you know?
1: Yeah. We had a
0: wicked workout this morning. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. You know what?
1: Dalton came in, fired up. You were fired up. I was fired up music was great i was just gonna say so so for anyone <laughs> who game. doesn't
0: there's so apple music and spotify are like the two big ones right now but for people who haven't done it because i didn't know about this i knew it existed but i didn't have it was soundcloud yeah and you go on there and you can just find some killer mixes of like what are we what's the one we're doing right was, now big booty uh, mix yeah but it was like almost a swear day. Word game day yeah game day it's, mix. it's awesome there's yeah there's charlie some, loved it oh, working out the other night they're killer so if you don't have soundcloud that's they have a, there's an app for you can download for free and it's just another music platform, but it's killer, man. Gets yeah. you so amped up because it's just yeah. a continuous, you know, forty-minute, hour-long stream. Just you don't have to yeah. change the songs. It's like a good, yeah, keep you balanced. And it's good, nice, good change of pace. Oh yeah, loud, big time. <laughs> it was good. seriously.
1: That was good. It was, it's good. Nice, to, man. The the, the gym it has energy. Yeah. Oh, it's Our the best, <laughs> man. Geez, it's, it's great.
0: It's just a great place to be. And that, like, for for people that don't have that, man, like, I feel bad. You, you and but the thing too is like they don't even know what they're missing you know it's like our our gym yeah it's it's your gym it's our gym our gym it's such a you walk in and it's just like nothing matches yeah. and there's a little bit of grime there's like things yeah. are chipped up yeah it's dirty there's chalk there's yeah. and it's like you just come in and you just feel hardcore oh yeah and then the only people that work out in that gym are people that work hard yeah so oh, you yeah, you're not going to see you know someone who's not hitting their intensity for the day coming into this gym. It's not you know conducive what I mean?
1: necessarily for them. No, no, what? just, I'm having a thought that's off topic of anything we're going to talk about today though, yeah. but it's always good because, um, I just wonder how I, I, I always encourage people to work out somehow, some way, because what I like to do in the summertime, it's my, literally my favorite thing. Two favorite things is uh, running hills and running the track. And, had a, had a guy about my age that used to be in track and, uh, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do some sprints with you. And I said, don't, don't do that. (laughs) He blew his Achilles heel that day. Yeah. Um, his Achilles tendon. But anyways, I, I think it's like, so my wife got into, um, I showed her a workout. She loves this. So we'll go, it's, it's, it's more of a, and Dalton got me into this one. Um, instead of just sprinting hills, what we do is uh, we'll do 20 minutes with a 20 40 whatever weight vest on. And we'll just go up and down the hill, but on the top and uh, and on the bottom, you do some sort of squat, lunge or anything like that so you're just burning out the legs. So after after 20 minutes you peel off the vest, then you sprint up and and walk down. And it's great. Mm-hmm. But I don't expect I wouldn't say anybody do that, but my what my wife does now is she wears a vest and she does that 20 minutes, then she takes it off and she'll she's getting up to sprinting it. Like, not 20 minutes like me, but 10. And she just was man, it's so refreshing. Yeah. So it's it's funny. That my point of that is that it's amazing how you know what it's going to give you at the end of the day. It's like You're not going to lose 10 pounds a day. But what it gives you is, like, just you feel good about yourself. And it refreshes yeah. you, re-energizes you. You're out in the sun. You're out in the fresh air. And I just, uh, there's a million ways to do it. So you don't need to have our gym and in that intensity all the time. But there's ways just to be... Just take care of yourself, man. It's so good. Yeah,
0: the hockey players,
1: easy, easy thing to do.
0: The the thing that's important that people don't understand. I talk to my mom about this a lot because she's very interested in this type of stuff. She's not necessarily like the most hardcore gym freaker. My mom's like, she moves though. Yeah, she's she's great. She's way ahead of. She's fifty six. Yep. My mom, and she looks like she's not a day over thirty five. I maybe. date her. Yeah, like she's good. oh yeah, she's a beautiful she's lady, in good shape, like takes care of herself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we talk about it and it's like, you don't have to kill yourself or, or go so hard that you throw up or like, no. you don't have to do any of that. And people have this like misconception that when they get in, start to get into working out, that it has to be really hard and they have no. to hate their life. And that's just the wrong strategy. Like you need to start doing something that you'll actually do. And if that means you'll only go for a walk for 10 minutes. Just do that. Yep. Right. But it's weird because people have this, like this, uh, almost like an ego thing where they're, they're too good to just do a walk, but they won't commit to doing anything more than that. Right. So it's like, they think, well, what am I going to, what's a walk going to do? Why am I just going to go for a walk? It's like, well, because it's the first step. It's the first
1: step. And it's 10 or 20 minutes that you're not sitting on the couch having a beer and a bag of chips.
0: Yeah. Right. And that's so, yeah. So, so it's like, just do something you can do. If you have an exercise bike in your house, just putt, putt while you watch TV. Yeah. Like just do something to start going. Right. Yeah. And you know, we, the way that we talk and people that come in and see us and the stuff we post online, it's like, it's very hardcore, like intense fitness type pictures, like motivation type talk, but it doesn't need to be that, right? It just needs to be something, right? And then you can slowly build and you don't even, you don't need to ever build to be the most hardcore person. Like there's no reason for someone who's just like the average guy that has their nine to five job. There's no reason for them to do 400 pound deadlifts. There's like, zero reason. Yeah, like, well, you don't have unless to Unless do... the desire is there. Yeah, or if, unless they want to, yeah. or there's a reason, like, they're doing a competition or something. But if... Like, it doesn't have to be that hard. No. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: No. You don't have to do something... Well, that's what I like about this, the the whoop. The whoop. Whoop. Uh, that's what I like about it, because there was... Um, it's now... It's mostly heart rate. It's not always... It doesn't measure your... The, the damage you do to your body on squatting and stuff. just mm-hmm. mostly heart rate, but that's okay. But what you would think you, th- you would think you're doing a um, high intensity workout. Like the ones that I would have thought were, they did less damage than I thought based on my heart rate. And I was like, oh, wow. So I thought I was ex- in some, not all the times, in some of the exercises I, I'm like, oh, I, I thought I exerted more than that. And then there's other ones where like going for a simple walk on this thing, you'd be surprised that it's the strain that it puts on your body, which is, um, it, it's a good amount. So it's, it works, man. Like just moving a little bit. Yeah.
0: And even if it's not the most consistent thing, yeah. it's, it'll be consistently inconsistent with how you live your life. So even like I talk to people with this when they're like trying to track calories and stuff sometimes, right? Like you you track calories. It's so hard to track. Don't do it. Yeah. Like it's so hard to do it. So you just get like certain, certain pieces in place where you know how much certain things are and you have a good ballpark and whether or not it's a hundred percent accurate, it doesn't really matter. Like if you think you're eating 3000 calories a day or something based on the way you tracked it, well, that's a consistent marker for you now, whether yeah. it's 3000 or 3,200 or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and you have something to go off of now. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's nice. You get a little, a piece of feedback, Yeah. but, but yeah, it, it doesn't need to be something that that's that tough if you're you know like one of these kids playing in the we just had the world juniors whatever if you're one of these kids playing there they are working up that to those super intense levels and that's a different that is maybe a different story but yeah. but you don't have to do that yeah. you know
1: well just a side note again i think we're on the side side now <laughs> um i'm loving charlie charlie got uh for, for whatever well we just our conversations but he's turned up and with dalton's help see i'm dad and he uh, i i give the kid credit because he listens to me for a lot of things, but there's sometimes it's like, Hey dad, yeah. when Dalton or you say something to him or Zach or something, then he gets a little, little bit more, okay, this is real. But It's a, it's funny, the corner he's turned through the last couple months. He's, um, so now Dalton challenged him to get up every morning at, uh, seven, seven 30 and get on the bike just to create a habit of doing something hard. So Dalton, <laughs> Dalton calls him every morning or Charlie will call Dalton on the bike. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life because he just turned 15 to create that habit of, uh, I need to do something and get my, do something hard and create habits. And what's going to happen shortly is he'll, he'll, well, not never, but it's gonna be hard for him to break the habit of getting up and getting moving. Yeah. I think like his workouts have been designing his own workouts now and like we oversee them, but it's like, oh boy.
0: Well, the, the thing that's awesome about that is it's like once you, once you learn certain things, you can't unlearn things. Right. Right? Like you can start to forget to apply them, but on some level you'll always know the thing, you know, right? So once you've, you've had a really good habit and you know, how much better it feels to do that or how much better you feel about yourself because you're doing that, it's really hard to not get back to that at some point or not know better. Right. And people let themselves go and all that. And that's, that's true. But if you've, if you know the difference and you've had like a good habit structure, you can't unknow what that's like yep. right and so on some level in your brain you know that you're not doing yeah. things that you should be doing and that's a good thing because there's just another one of those checks right that yeah. that can keep you keep yeah. you doing that yeah
1: and so, that's there's a so dalton's an accountability uh, voice to him yeah dalton loves it oh yeah he loves it and cuz it's amazing you know you hear dalton talk he talks like he was not a very good hockey player well in the OHL he went 21st overall and probably there was if they were doing the draft maybe he would have went earlier who knows he was a great player but he's talking on an nhl scale how, how hard he had to work and i just love that message that he gets across to charlie it's like you know Ch- charlie and the kids it's like they you know when where do i get drafted and it's all good i talked to charlie about that the other day I said i uh, you know he's got a certain goal you know what it is mm. if it happens great and i told him just the other day i said now if it happens guess what nothing changes you still have to make the team. You still have to get earn your ice time. You still have to do the things right on your ice time. You have to get better every day. So it's just a challenge over and over and over again. And Dalton is very, very um, good at making him understand yeah. that. So it's I, I'm so thankful for that guy.
0: Oh yeah. Well, you, the thing too, and I think Dalton probably thinks the same thing I think. It's you see a guy, especially when they're like a young kid, and they're you can see that they are actually doing something. They're not just talking. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, it's so true. The the kid that you'll care as much as the kid you're training cares, 100%. right? And that's just, that's just the truth. If, if a kid comes in and he's just like going through the motions, not really active, not asking good questions, not really caring, cheating, cheating, all those things.
1: More excuses than a pregnant nun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and you can tell like away from yeah. the rink, they're not doing the things they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like they're in the gym for an hour a day and seeing no progress after two months, three months. It's like. When you're a young kid, like three months is of work, you'll see some some progress, Guaranteed. right? If you're doing the, th- the right things, you know? Guaranteed. And so as a trainer, you see these kids that come in and, and they have a little bit of desire and you can see that they're trying and you just want to feed into that, right? Yeah. That, that's why I think you see with with Dalton, the way him and Charlie interact, like Dalton can see that Charlie wants it and he's he's given him as much as he can give him, right? Because, yeah. you know, you talk about these these junior guys and going through the draft and all this stuff and it's not, even if you go high, it's not going to be all sunshines and and you know you have the best time ever it's most people don't have a great experience going through junior because it wasn't what they expected you know yeah
1: that's uh, the thing that's what I think we're going to talk a lot about I think we'll stick on this for a while is I think when when players play hockey and parents you know the feedback they give them too is as we um, overestimate how great we are and how easy it's going to be and we under we underestimate the the challenge at ta- at hand. We underestimate how good the league is. Uh, underestimate the the uh, unknowns. The, that's the other thing. You're gonna underestimate the unknowns that are out there, and those are the things that'll knock you on your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for you know things like I'm just gonna say a couple like off the top of my head, things like just the size. When you go to a um, junior level like the OHL or college, you go to college. You're you're literally playing against guys four or five. Uh, in college, maybe six, I'm not sure, but four or five years older than you, and that's a huge, huge, huge difference, so just right then and there it's speed, it's power, it's strength, and it's experience that you don't have as a hockey player. The next thing is um the dressing room off ice, and that's what got me. I was good enough skill wise my first year as a sixteen year old i mean I say that i say that not to say that I was the best ever at sixteen years old, but I'm saying that for the fact that. I could play at 16 years old it didn't overwhelm me this the speed and stuff like that um, but it was the dressing room and the off ice that got me that I was like okay what's going on here um, it was billets it was it was um, oh I'm just trying to think there's a whole bunch of things there's oh, yeah. hazing hazing was a thing that it was yeah. like oh no we got to do this because you hear stories and they're mostly true um, which which is uh, which is brutal yeah um, not the end of the world well for some guys it was um, there's the coach, you know. You go, come from minor hockey, where mostly uh, your coaches are friendly, and they're mostly, from what I see, um, they're not that gruff. Don't care because they are still a little bit of accountable to a little bit accountable to parents. Um, they're not professional, so they're they're more nicer than a lot of people are doing it for for fun and stuff. But you get to a junior college pro, that's their job, that's their livelihood, and you'd be going to a coach that doesn't actually speak to you, doesn't give you feedback, doesn't feel like helping you because it's not in his best interest. No, it's in not best interest. He doesn't think so. But all he cares about is winning. If you're not doing the job, then you figure it out. There's yeah. there's not necessarily when you go to that level that someone's there to help you. So that's a that's something I dealt with that. Oh yeah. There's uh um like the. The coaches or the organization, right? You think you're going to a professional organization uh, when you go to the OHL or college, and some of them are run really poorly. So if so, how are you going to do it? Like, how do you play hockey? Do, mm-hmm. do you? This is the issue, right? Do you quit? Do you uh, blame? Do you throw excuses like the organization is not very good? Like, so this is why it's very important to understand that you have to overestimate how hard it's going to be like even getting drafted or getting a college overestimate how hard it's going to be. Yeah. Cuz if you overestimate it, like well Eric Wellwood uses an example his dad said he goes like if making the NHL was picking up a 600 pounds rock and you pu- and you pick it up and you put uh, pull push it over your head, hold it up over your head, that's what it takes to make the NHL. A lot of people before would say, okay, 600 pound, you know, there's the excuse, to, the excuse to start. Well, that's too much. Why does it have to be 600? Why couldn't it be 400? Well, because it's 600. Um, well, I almost did it. Okay, so that means you didn't do it. So you're, you're not getting there. Overestimate. So you have to train to, to maybe lift, lift 700. Well, can you do it? Yeah, it's going to take time and there's a process, right? Um, but people underestimate what that task is. Yeah. And, and that's what... Um, in hockey, most people do. And when parents are going through the, the system with their kids, the, the worst thing they could do is make excuses and, and tell them how great they are. I'm not saying don't tell them they had a great game or you're proud of them and stuff, but the work ethic and the attention to detail is, is was the difference maker. If you can't figure out those details, you can't figure out the uh, how to um, face the adversity in all different aspects because it's going to come at you and it's just going to come. And there's zero motions, and you have to figure it out if you want to play.
0: Yeah, well, if when you're talking about, you know, it's a, you're lifting a 600 pound rock. The things that contribute to that 600 pounds, it's not just hockey, right? And exactly. That's, and that's what's important about, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I would put my rollerblades on, and I lived lived on a dead end, so we had the circle there, right? So I could I put my net in front of the house, put my rollerblades on, and I used to skate around with the orange ball, and I would do the play by play. In my Everybody head did, yeah. Of, yeah. of awesome. being on whatever team, doing whatever, winning whatever game, and all that. And I think a lot of kids that are they're going into the draft, they're thinking of it like that. Like that's the only part they thought about, right? Like they they think about, oh, well, like I'm gonna play on the London Knights and we're gonna win the big game and I'm gonna score the big goal and it's gonna be awesome and there's gonna be all these people and it's and that could happen and that's a good Absolutely. thing. That's a good thing to play within your head because it, yep. it's motivating. Yep. But that is not even close to all of the things that you need to be prepared to deal with when you, when you go there, you know? So a a couple of things you mentioned, like one, the big one that was, was for me was the billeting. Yeah. Like you moved the first time I moved away and I was 18. I wasn't even 16 when I moved the first time. So I was gone at 18 by myself, lived with a family that didn't, I had to do most of the stuff myself. Like I did a lot of the like cooking, cleaning, whatever. And these are all things, in, like, skills I didn't have, things I didn't know what to do, didn't know anyone that lived there. And and those are things that have nothing to do with hockey. But they'll affect hockey big time. They'll affect right?
1: hockey big time.
0: Yeah. So, it's, so these, are the, these are the things, like, if you're in a, in a tough living situation, like, how are you going to deal with that mentally? If you're feeling lonely, like, how are you going to deal with that mentally if you've never been lonely, if you've always had mom in your back pocket or whatever?
1: Dude, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Because Charlie l- legitimately there's a really high percentage chance that in seven months, eight months, he's not living with me anymore. And I didn't, I didn't have a child so I can give him away. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but that's why I've prepared him so much in different ways. Not just, not just for hockey, but so for life, because that's the thing is he comes from a house, like he comes from a house where his mom and dad love him to death. We spend time speaking together, uh, laughing and, and like life is always about what do you think and making him think and, He's very comfortable in our house. It's the funniest house in the world. It's just a great place to be. But he could go to a house totally opposite. He could have uh, someone, he moved in a house of a super fan that wants to talk to him all day and tell him how hockey works or he wants to you know, blow his head off because he doesn't want to hear it anymore. He could go to a place like, like we've had. Uh, like when I moved away, when I moved to Hamilton, the first house I, I came in, and uh, the first house I came to, they were, like, really nice people. Leon and Linda, I think. I can't remember. I was only there for two days, three days. Um, so when I walked in the house, so, I, so my house when I grew up was, like, a small, tiny, no yard, you know, not the nicest neighborhood. And, and you know, my parents split up, and my mom did the best that she could. And... Um, you know, so I didn't come from anything lavish whatsoever. So we went to this house and it was like a really nice house. Like a really nice, like not a mansion or anything, but like a really nice house. Something that I would be really happy to live in today. So I, walk, I go to the door. I'm like, wow, this is where I'm going to get to live. I thought I hit the jackpot, right? And they're super nice people. But as I walked in, there was a cat that rubs against my leg. And I'm like, oh boy, I, if I'm allergic to one thing, it's cats. Cats and dust, but cats. Like it takes me, I was at my brother-in-law's the other day and within five minutes I started Eyes are almost shut, hardly can breathe. So there's a cat in the house. So this is an issue. This is a legit issue of playing hockey. But not only that, it's now it's in my head. And then, so I go downstairs to my room and then I had to basically change. I had a guy picking me up and we went to the rink. Um, So before I was leaving, good thing I didn't say I was hungry. I came out of the oven because I'd never seen it before. Never seen it. It was called a tuna casserole. Didn't know what that was. But all I know is I thought, I, what I thought is I thought someone puked in a casserole dish and said, here, eat this. I'm like, what the hell is that? And (laughs) it's probably, I I just didn't know it. It's a food I've never seen. Yeah. So I was like, I'm good. I ate before I got here. I'm not hungry at all. Like I lied. I needed to eat. But I was like, wow. I'm not saying that for any other reason than that is an issue. So, okay. So there's a cat and I, I don't know if I can eat their food wonderful people so then the kicker was after we were gone for two days uh, on a road trip came back so it was really my second night at the house and it was a sunday morning it was about seven eight o'clock in the morning here on my door and i'm like wow like we got in at three or something like that i'm like yeah hello (laughs) and and uh the lady goes oh andy time to get up we have church and i'm like well that's not something i do either so um I was like, oh no, I don't know. She, no, no, you have to. So I got out of it, but it wasn't a good thing because the other guy that was uh, living there went, and he, it was part of his life. So I, you know, I went to the coach and I just said, okay, coach. Like he's like, oh no, cool. And he was a hard ass, but he was like, no, 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 that's that's cool. Moving to the next house, and it was like home, a little better, yeah. nice, n- not a huge house, but a nice. Uh, Young family, starter home, 29-year-old guy, still talk to him, love these people, they were the best. She actually overcooked for me, but everything she made was just so delicious. The first time I had this, never seen this in my life, it was roast beef dinner. It was my, probably my first week there uh, on a Sunday after game and stuff. So I'm at home and I walk in the house and there's a beautiful roast beef dinner. with. And I thought, what the heck is this? It was called Yorkshire pudding, never seen it before in my life. It was like a bread. I'm like, wow, this is unreal. And then she made these brownies. They're called turtle brownies and stuff. I'm like, oh, I hit the jackpot here. And they gave me the keys to a uh, uh, um, uh, Mustang, Red Mustang. I'm like, what is yeah, going on here? It was jackpot. unbelievable. Yeah. But again, it's different than my lifestyle. So I was overly appreciated, appreciative of it um, and so thankful. And they had a little two year old David. He was a great I'd be in the morning and he'd come running in my bed, running in my room and jump on my bed and. You know, ha- hammer me with his diaper. It was, it was great, <laughs> but anyways, the the, the thing is, it's a challenge. You're not in your own bed, and that's what I'm thinking about with my son. When he when if and when he moves away, wow, that's one challenge. One, and then you know, here's the other thing you're not even thinking about with that. You move away from home. If you, are you a family that can afford to get your kid around? So some kids, I remember some guys on the team they you know they're chicken farmers and that uh, people with tons of money, and the kid would come into town and they'd have a nice car. Other kids don't have that. And if you're not living in the right spot around the right people, there's another challenge, just getting to the rink, just getting to school and stuff like that. So these are, it's not, these are issues. Yeah. So how do you overcome it? And the easy thing to do is like the things that are in your control, but not in your control, for example, like a ride, this is where it can really eat away at your hockey career. So for example, if you're, so I used to drive in with Mario Citteroni, he was a smaller guy, he had a Volkswagen uh, W and used to jam guys in there and, um. I counted on him for rides, but when he wanted to leave the rink at night, he was a great hockey player. Like he was about five foot seven and would fight anyone and was good. So, and he was a few years older than me, great guy. Anyways, when he wanted to leave though, for the rink, like as a young guy, I want, I wanted to get that extra ice cause I was 16 and you know, there's extra ice, like you're still so horny for hockey. There was extra ice and it's like, well, and he's like, okay, I want to go. It's like, okay, that's my ride. So what, what do I do? Do I take the ride? So I was dumb. I caved in and I took the ride. If I really, really, really buckled down and ate, you know, ate shit for a while, I would have taken a bus. I would have, because they gave us bus tickets, but that taking the bus was harder. It took more time. You get home later. It's not cool. So I, most of the times took, uh, took the ride with Mario with Tiger is his name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's, is that, was that mentally tough? Not really. Uh, it was my own, my own demise, maybe. Yeah. But it was one thing. But that's, see how the issues, they just oh, keep yeah. piling on.
0: Well, the, and the, But this is the thing. It's, these are the, unex- the things you, you're not thinking of when you're 15. And no. you just care about hockey and just getting drafted. Because when you're living at home, all you worry about is just going to the rink and playing. Yes. Because mom takes care of your food and your laundry, and she drives you everywhere. Yeah. And dad talks to you about hockey 95% of the yeah. time, and that's all you care about, and there's nothing else. So what happens when you don't have mom and dad to talk to anymore? And you don't have mom to cook and you don't have your own bed. Yep. And like, I remember you're talking about the car thing. And it reminded me when I was away and my belts are great too. I'm not saying a bad thing about my belts yep. cause they were awesome. Still It's talk to, just not your house though. No, it's just not my house. And I still talk to them, still see them, uh, lived with a single mom with two kids. They're great. And I remember one time they went away for, um, some tournament. The, the kid ha- played yep. baseball and hockey. I forget what he was away on, but I didn't have a car. I was gone or I, that was my first time moving away. I didn't have a car. I was 18. So I was at the house and 36 hours went by and I didn't see another human yeah. <laughs> for wow. 36 hours. Wow. Right. And yeah. it's like, I remember sitting Did in Did you have room, a cell phone in those days? Like, Because yeah, you were yeah. younger than me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I still had a cell phone. Okay. So like I was, I was entertained and whatever. Yeah. I wasn't just sitting on my bed staring yeah. at the wall, but I, I remember I was sitting, I was actually in my room. I was sitting there. I had a pretty big space in my room. Might've been the size of the little studio here. And I remember realizing it. Like, I distinctly remember, like, I haven't seen a person in 36. I haven't talked, like I haven't used my voice in like 36 hours. Yeah. Right. And that's a weird feeling. And if you're not prepared, and and for me, like my parents prepared me, like probably as best you can to, to be resilient and deal with stress and and things that are going to be stressors on you. And that was tough, man. Like yep. you're 18 and alone, like yep. alone, there's yep. nobody. And I just yep. moved there and there was nobody around that. I knew yep. I wasn't close enough with anyone on the team yet where I was like hanging out with them. I had just moved there cause I just got traded and it was like, holy crap. Like there's no, I'm literally by myself, nothing to do with hockey. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. It's right? hard,
1: man. It's, it's hard. The other thing is just little things like, um, you're hungry. You're sitting there at home. You just go to the fridge. That's it. Yeah. If you're at someone else's house. That takes a while to get that comfortable to do that. So speaking of that, we had a, a couple of times people stay with us. Like, so one was a kid that I trained for a long time. He, he, um, played for the Spitz and they asked if he, and he the, the player asked, really good hockey player, asked if he could stay at our house and it would be good for me. And, and I, cause I loved him, you know, as a human being, I said, yeah, stay with us. I hated it. I hated it as a, as a call me a billet, I guess, because he, um, the things that you say to your kids, you don't necessarily say the exact same things to the billet. Right. So he would, you know, take a shower before school at the rink. And then at night and it's like, okay, th- how many showers do you need in a day? You know what I mean? Like it's cost us money and, and go to the fridge anytime and ask for specific stuff. And it's was like, oh that's, we eat healthy and stuff like, but that's it's a different lifestyle, right? So it's, it's different from both ends.
0: Yeah. So when you're in that, when you find yourself in that position, you need to know that going in and be prepared. Yeah. Well, and and it's not even necessary that you can be prepared, but you need to be expecting it to solve problems. Yeah. So, so so that you know, Oh yeah. Like I, I remember hearing that this is something that I would have to deal with. Like I need to figure out how to deal with this rather than get blindsided by the reality of the lifestyle now that you're there right rather than just thinking you know you're excited to go about getting drafted and trying out for a team or going to play in a junior team you know and it could even be worse like if the the hockey situation isn't great let's say worse. yeah like let's say you get you got drafted to Sudbury and they drop you to the local junior team there because they don't have enough room on the roster but they want you close by yeah it's like okay now you're not even playing in the OHL and you live away right like just, those are things that can happen right 100%. These, are, these are stories that you don't really you don't hear about but every kid that wasn't the one percenter that just had a smoother ride they all everyone has a story like that oh, and you don't you don't hear about that
1: no so the thing is that be, like that's what we're saying is is be aware of the things that'll get you because it's the little things right so th- just the thing that i use with practice Getting home early, getting home late. If I was mentally stronger, if I had maybe Dalton Proud or myself or you or someone guiding you and say, okay, so let's solve the problem. Okay, what are what is the issue? Well, I'd like to stay later, and um, but my ride leaves. Okay, is there another way to get home? Yeah, the bus, but the bus sucks. Okay, let's put this in perspective again. If you really want to be a hockey player, sometimes you have to do things that other people aren't willing to do. So to stay 15, 20 minutes on the on the ice. Bus station's there. You might have to wait another 15 minutes. You've added maybe an hour to your day. Is it the end of the world to get what you really want, to make yourself better, to make a million dollars a year, or is it better to go home exactly at 5 o'clock and be home at quarter after 5 so your life is perfect? And in hindsight, I wish I had the brain I had now to get through issues, like solve problems like crazy because you know what? Problems aren't problems. They're just It's a boulder. It's it's it's, it's yeah. reps to get that boulder lift, It's one man. more thing because the, the problems just keep keep accumulating as you get older. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, like, nothing's really a problem. And we talked, you know, I'm going to say this after, is that the key to, to achieving this hockey thing, the key to it is understanding. Don't get lost in the dream. Like, don't get lost not having the dream. So what happens a lot of the times is, The problems come and they they look so huge. And we stare at the problem, we look at the problem, we try to kick it. We don't realize that we can go around it, we go through it, we can kick it it over. There's a way to get through it. And how you do that is you start focusing on the actual dream, actual what your vision is, your purpose. So if you're most people that play in the OJR, they're going there to become a professional hockey player, they're trying to hone their craft. So when you look at that dream, all of a sudden taking a bus and adding 15 minutes to your day or half an hour to your day is not the end of the world. Yep. It's just something. In yep. fact, what a story that is. If you're the guy that, no, you know, they, they talk in the NHL. is like, yeah, he would stay. Like, think about that story. You stand out, man. You stay every day after practice to work on your shot. Like, think you Steve Stamkos. You work on that left side and you do those one-timers for 15 minutes so that when you when you get that two opportunities a game, they're both barred down. Why? Because I decided to stay instead of taking – instead of taking – my ride. I stayed for 15 minutes. I worked on my shot, 50 or 100 shots every day to become a superstar. W- w- wow. How'd you get home? Took a bus. That's tough. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And Dalton was saying this to Charlie the other day. He goes, you know, the th- and you were there watching the world junior game and he was saying, Charlie, the things that everybody thinks is not cool now is like f- 10 years from now is the coolest things ever that you oh, took yeah. the discipline to, to, you had the discipline to do the little things and not to get in the into the shit, shit storm of what everybody else is doing.
0: Well, and and that, the thing that's nice for Charlie is he gets to see that it's actually cool because he's around a guy like you, like Dalton, like me that are in the gym doing these things every day, living, living the lifestyle that we're talking about. And he's like, man, that would be, I would love to be like that. And I would love to do that. And these are things that I want and whatever. Yeah. And a lot of kids don't necessarily have that. Right. So it's nice that this is a place they can come to get this kind of information because yeah. It's tough like when you're when you're the the young kid coming onto the team and you're getting a ride home from the 20 year old it's not an easy thing to say nah, dude that I'm going to stay because first of all he's going to be annoyed that you're staying and trying to work and better yourself that's going yeah. well, to be annoying him comes first
1: of cuz next is like you, you you're working hard like, they drag it down yeah so
0: a you're going to be getting chirped you're gonna, the whole they're going to throw the book at you whatever and it's hard to bounce back from that like so maybe now getting into more like the team dynamic type stuff, like you have to deal with 19 to 23 other alphas in the room.
1: Yep. Most guys are alphas or want to be alphas. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and for like good or bad, it's, it's rare that you'll find, you'll have veteran guys on your team that are just really good quality guys. You might have one, you might have two, yep. but majority of the guys are going to be how overages are They're They're done. They're, wrapping up their hockey career don't really have the care so much attitude anymore they didn't get drafted to the nhl they so their attitude has changed and that's something that you're gonna have to deal with every day in the dressing room right and it's it's not an easy position to be in when you're 16 years old 17 years old
1: you're just trying to fit in when you're the young guy you're just that's all you're trying to do is you're trying to fit in because what's going to happen unless you're like like you said that one that top 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 guy that doesn't matter he's just that good even at 16 uh, and there's only a few of them. Uh you're you're not getting the ice that you're used to. So that's number one. That's the first thing you want is to play more, right? So other than that, you want to fit in. How are you going to fit in? There's there's um when guys are older, it's just it's a different world. Yeah. They don't talk and think about the same thing ever. And that's the the part that's really hard. You're just trying to fit in. So you got all these things coming around you, right? And you're just trying to fit in the room. So when I was 16 years old, I remember my grandmother came into the rink or into my dressing room. Hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard this one. No, I think no, I never told you. So training camp, last day of training camp. Like now I'm sixteen, this a little boy, so excited to play. It was a green and white game. So there's was, there was about probably two thousand people that came. It's the last day of camp, and it's a bloodbath those first three days. So it's like this is the team's almost made, like not almost maybe they're getting down to the cuts, and uh so I'm getting dressed, and the boys are they, they listen. I thought guys talked about when I was a 16-year-old boy. I'm watching my son right now. That's what he thinks, right? We talk about power plays and we talk about hockey and the NHL and everything's about hockey. But when you there's a certain point in your life where there's this thing called girls and sometimes alcohol and different things like that that the guys are more focused on than hockey. And I sat in the room and I went, oh, one guy asked me in front of the boys. (laughs) I love it. So, right in front of the guy, he's a loud guy, big, six foot four. Max was his name. Actually, Middy, if you're listening, this, Max Middendorf. My nickname was Packer. Well, actually, my nickname, my first nickname was Munts. I told you this the other day because, well, what was, uh, how did you get that nickname? So, it was, uh, I had a long, longer hair, like uh, feathered 1980, whatever. <laughs> I said, I got to clean this up for camp. So, I went to get a haircut. There's a big Serbian guy, hands like frozen turkeys. I'm sitting there and he goes, okay, yeah, okay with his accent. And he, takes the shears it goes across my head ear to ear so i look i go that's not what i wanted so anyways he gave me this haircut and i look like eddie munster from the the munsters so that was my first one they called me months and then packer was packer pac-man that was my nickname so anyways getting dressed for a game or practice i forget which one it was and Mitty just in the front of the room big six foot four goes hey packer are you a virgin so i'm like my face said it all. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. What's the right answer? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, and then he just kept grilling me. But this was like this is what it was. I'm like, well, that's not. What you, uh, just give me something like, yeah. Packer, you're doing well yeah. <laughs> in hockey. But that's this is what it was. Yeah. So it's like always like a beatdown, and at the time, I sincerely thought guys didn't like me. But they, they, of course they like it. You. That's You're just, just how guy. it is. That's just how it You're is. Just the first I, so guy. you just got to, you get that crust and eventually you get that crust on you, right? So the older guys, yeah, that's what it is. But I can look, like I look back and I go, wow, like what Dalton said. He goes, what you thought was cool isn't cool. Or what you thought was, what you didn't think was cool is actually cool. So I look at that. We had just, uh, I'm just thinking of the one corner of the room where I was sitting across from, them. we had uh, a first round pick a couple second round NHL picks and a couple that just came back from the NHL and then we had a Buffalo pick we had they just started going around we had a whole, really good team with a lot of NHL experience uh, coming back and um, boys would drink beer you know they go here and they talk tell the stories about the party and about the beer and all the stuff that they did about the girls and stuff like that and I just sitting there okay I don't I know I shouldn't drink okay I'm probably going to have one or two with them just to fit in but I know I shouldn't I know I can't and and i don't i don't feel comfortable with the girls yet like that you know like you know i'm it was just a weird thing you're just trying to fit in oh yeah but the thing was as i look back a couple of those first rounders played a couple games they blew it and the the label on them was where they were drunks they just they drank too much and they didn't discipline themselves to be hockey players and i look at like tiger chitter that that talked about he had a long, long, long career. And I didn't play in the NHL because he was like... But he should... I think he should have, but whatever. He played a long time in the American League and then he went to Europe and made good money and uh, guys that didn't make it or did, made it that you never thought would make it. And it was just sheer... The Like what Dalton said is they did things that other people weren't willing to do so they could have things that other people will never have.
0: Yep. Well, the... the What I was, I was just thinking about while you're here t- talking about that is I remember the the struggle of like trying to find the line right because i was i was a kid that i was brought up i had a very like strong moral compass let's say yeah and guys that you play with aren't necessarily on the same page with you and you need to figure out how to like you can't be the guy that never does anything with the team and always says no that's stupid and is judgmental about what older guys are doing and whatever because then you're not part of the team and that's you gotta figure that part and out. that's and that's not a good thing but it's also not a good thing to get sucked into the Everywhere. other the other world yep. that isn't aligned with what your ultimate goal is and that's yep. happened to countless guys I know you know guys that's happened to so have I where really really good players and they just got sucked into the shit and there was nothing they could do to get out of it after because they weren't they didn't have these kind of thoughts going into these situations. They just thought, oh yeah, I want to be a cool hockey player. And they got to the OHL and they thought that this was their NHL and they made it, they're done. They did what they needed to do. And then they just turn into, and they they just completely drop the ball, you know, and it's, it's a very easy, it's very easy to do because the opportunities and the, the, the temptation and the distractions are going to be around you every single day because you have that gap from 16 to 20, when you're 20 years old, you can do whatever you want. Now you can drive, you can drink, yep. you can go wherever you can do yep. whatever. Nothing's off limits to you anymore. You don't you're an have adult. to go to school. Yeah. You're an adult, right? Yeah. You don't have to go to school. And so they can behave very uh, completely different than yep. someone who's 16 coming in. Right. Yep. Yep. And you got to figure out how, how to find that balance where you're active enough being a part of the team, but you're confident enough to know where to draw the line. Right. Yep. And that's that's kind of what happens when you start to get into like these team hangouts, right? Like you get the the rookie parties and the the team events that you guys are doing. There's there's a fine line where like guys are just having fun goofing around and when it's getting over the line and you yeah. gotta be able to to handle that.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a fine line for sure. It's hard. Um and I don't know really what the answer is all the time, but I know that you're if if you have if you're focused on that goal, then you're going to make better decisions most of the time. I mean, just as an adult, um, it's the same pressures in life just I'm more equipped to handle it. But I know for a fact what keeps me in between the lines every single day is my habits and my 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 business and my family. Those are big big things to me. And uh you know, that's that's the most important stuff, so that's it's hard to get me derailed. As a kid it's a little bit tougher, especially with the peer pressure. Yeah. But um yeah, so speaking of that, like there's going to be things like rookie parties, we called rookie parties and uh, um, hazing is what they called. So it was interesting. This a couple of weeks ago, um, well, no, actually for a couple of years now, maybe it's a couple years. There's been a lot of players that came out with a lot of hazing incidents, where people are going, "Oh my God, that can't be true," or um, "That is disgusting." What you know, and then, um, and then just recently in that same type of thing they've been talking about, the hazing in the Canadian Hockey League. Uh, an older fella, I, I can't remember, I should have looked at that before I came here. An older fella, he's about, I think he's in his 70s now, he played a long time in the NHL as well. He was in this lawsuit against the Canadian Hockey League about, uh, about the hazing and stuff. And um, the unfortunate thing about this is that, you no, know, the, here's the, the fortunate thing about it is I am so happy for the kids coming up that it's not the way it used to be. Uh, yeah, the, Canadian, the Canadian Hockey League, Dave Branch. And, you know, when Dave Branch was a commissioner when I played, and even after, I it always, because he's a commissioner, like Gary Be- Jerry Bettman, Gary, Gary, Be- Gary yeah. Bettman. Um, it's always like every time he makes decisions, ah, the guy's a loser, you know. But he made the, the, that league so much better by doing the right things. You know, he took out, kind of took out fighting. I think it went a little bit extreme. I don't think it's really his decision. I think he's just going with society, kind of. But they've t- eliminated even a lot of the fighting and um to to a certain degree it's better i don't i think they went a little bit too far because even the fighting like so when i played in the 80s it was 80s and 90s and that the the uh the violence in hockey like the anybody would fight anybody anytime you could club someone and the the suspensions were really they were there but it was like oh, yeah. almost nothing to it so it became to a point like guys would play in the league and they'd be there for a purpose like when you're young kids it's like I don't know. So what happens? I know several guys that have played in that era that some guys have taken their lives. And you can't say it's because of uh, the fighting or it's because of the hazing. But maybe it's a contributing factor. Factors, yeah. But a lot of guys, because of the the fighting, it's like you get your head knocked around so much. So when you're 18 or 17 going into the league, you're thinking it's cool to fight 25, 30, 35 times a year. You have zero idea what that's Mm -hmm. doing to your brain.
0: Yeah, or, man, your life, or your life, or your life,
1: because every day you're scared. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You, you you can't go into a fight every day and not be some sort of fair. George St. Pierre, a fighter, talks about this. He goes, You're always you're scared. It's just how you face it's fear. Just,
0: it's stressful.
1: Yeah, stressful. You can feel the stress. 100%. Right? So that's accumulating on your body as a young kid in the brain, and you get cracked in the head a whole bunch of times. I've seen guys, I know guys that are 25, oh, yeah. 30 years old that they don't have a clue right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and your brain's sad. not even done developing right. until 25. Yeah, <laughs> like. right,
1: right, right. And they had no idea. They're trying to be cool. They're not trying to be cool. They're trying to make a spot, and some of the coaches encourage it because, you know, like, I had to do it, you have to do it. Like, there's no thought to it. So that's sad. So Dave Branch in the OHL, and he's a, he was the president of the CHL as well, I really commend him for, like, in the hazing, to, to look at it and, and, and to um, – Say okay, this is wrong now. Okay, we've mm-hmm. we've we've made a mistake, or we have to address this because you know society has changed, but it, probably for the better. So the um, so, so like credit to him, like big time. Now I think three fights a year per kid is that's like I think it takes it the other way. Now you could be a little little shit going up to a big Dalton Prout and chirping him and sticking him and say, well, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Because you actually what can you do about it now? Yeah, the hitting's gone a little bit more, so it's a different league. Um, so that's the one thing. The other thing was the was the hazing. Like God, thank God they changed it because I was part of it. Uh, I'm not the guy that. Um, and it was we had some bad stuff, but I was fortunate that our veterans were they were crazy, and we did some like, all the stuff you read about in the paper. There's some of that, but the, the, we didn't have the extreme, extreme, extreme. Yep. Um, but some guys went through a lot, a lot more than that. And it's and it's no good.
0: Yeah. Well, the. The thing that like, here, okay, like, listen, here's the thing people, these are things you can't talk about because everyone wants to pretend like this doesn't happen, Always happen. but it, it happens. It still happens because every couple of years, even as it's gotten way better, but every cut, co- like just, I forget when it was, I think it was university of Ottawa. They had their whole program suspended because yeah, of, two years ago. I think it was a hazing incident. Yeah, I could was. be wrong. Don't quote I me on so. that. But, but so the, one of the years I played, they didn't even have a team. Right right? Because they were suspended for the year. I'm almost positive it was a hazing thing. I don't want to, I don't want to talk bad about them if that didn't happen, but maybe I think that's what it was. Anyways, it still happens. There's, there's things that happen. And even if it's not like when you use the word hazing to me, it's like, it's a very negative, you're doing things that are like humiliating, demeaning, all those kinds of words to describe what, what you're doing to the young guys. Right. And for me, when I went through junior, it was none of that. Like there was we we had our our little rookie party thing and there was we did little events and little games and whatever but everyone for the most part could just like opt out if they were uncomfortable doing whatever they yeah. were doing and there was nothing that was like way over the line where it was something like borderline criminal or or any of that kind of stuff yeah. but it is the reality that these things still happen and when you're a young guy coming in, you need to know that you're going to be in that situation. You're going to have the rookie party and you're going to have to deal with what happens at the rookie party. Right. And that doesn't mean that you need to participate in things that you're really uncomfortable with. And you need to have enough confidence to be able to stand up for yourself when it's something that you feel is over the line for you. But at the same time, there's, there's again, like there's a line to be drawn where there's certain things that you can do that are just stupid and funny that, that, really that aren't harmful and whatever and you can like participate in those ones because you still want to be part of the team right yep but if it's something where you got you know a 20 year old beating you down and and making you do things that are are over the line like that's something that you need to be able to get yourself out of right and you need to be able to do that and you might not be so fortunate like when i when i was in my last year i actually had the party at my house and i was one of those guys where we had our little games and whatever nothing over the line but we said to all the young guys at the start like Hey, if you got like, if you do these things, like it's funny and cool and we like it, but if you don't want to, like, you know, I'm not going to yeah. make you yeah. do whatever, yeah. if you don't want to do it, like do whatever you want. Right. And at the same time, th- these are 16, 17 year olds, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's, a it's, you know, we, when we talked about this the first time, we talked about like, it's a, it has the potential to be a dangerous situation. Very. Right.
1: Yeah. It Well, like all the stuff that you, if anybody's read or yeah, that stuff happened. Stuff happened, and it's stupid, and it's uh, the, the real sad thing is that there was um, coaches that knew it was going on and even somewhat participated in it, which was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, as, a, as an adult, but so that there was, yeah, there was stuff that was ridiculous, but yeah. So as to your point, or let me say this first, yeah, dangerous. Um, so when I my our our rookie party, I was like nervous as. It's it's a party. Oh, my God. It was people that you didn't, outsiders at the party, you know, that aren't on the team, girls that weren't, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And we had these games where we had to drink. I don't know. What the, I know we had to start with beer. So I've got a, right from a kid, I got a, 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 a stomach like a billy goat. Okay, just whatever. It's like nothing. It's like a steel trap. So I'm pounding these beers and Wow. Like, you had to. We had to. Yeah. Which, this is not the worst thing in the world, by the way. No, <laughs> like, uh, that we went through in Rookie Party. Yeah. was we're pounding these beers. And then it was vodka. No, it wasn't vodka. It was tequila. So, this tequila. Cup, cups like this. Like, shots in one glass. Okay, down these. So, the tequila comes. And I go, I, I can't even drink it. I can't. I, I can't. Yeah. Don't, don't do it. So, mm. I'm pounding these. But the, po- the thing was, is the next day, I woke up. I was like, I was sick for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. It was dangerous. And the thing is, is that for the older guys, doing that to a to young kid, you do, it's poison, man. You could literally kill someone. Yeah. And it might sound like I'm a soft guy or something. It's so dangerous. Well, well you know, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Guys that I played with, Here's the, <laughs> this is really funny now that we're, I'm thinking about it. I don't know one guy that I played with or against that at some, when we talk as adults, look back and say that weren't, number one, scared of uh, and and felt really uncomfortable as kids, just like everybody else, and stuff like that, think it's stupid. They always think it's stupid, but it happened. So the league is better, way, 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 way better now, thank God, and the beautiful thing now is there's a place like when I would have played in the 80s and coached in the 90s, would have been totally unacceptable to... Rat your guys out, or to talk about mental, need some help mentally, or um, someone did something inappropriate. Just to say anything. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't say anything, but now it's like if you don't, like you're the dummy, because, well, because just you're the dummy. You you have an outlet now, and you're safe to. Say okay this is I need I feel this They've got programs Called this this and this That you can actually go to And there's no judgment There's like They they encourage you to go Yeah Now The sad thing In my opinion Is that There's a line That they've moved it so far That anybody that gets Offended or About any little thing That's just human nature Just guys being guys Coaches sometimes Have to address things I think a lot of the times It's like come on Like you got to put up with oh, a yeah. little bit of shit, guys.
0: Well, it, well, the, the the line that I was just gonna go there because the line that I was I was gonna draw is, you know, for for these guys that are are young and they're put in that position where it's something over the line. Like I said, it's you don't have to you don't have to do that. But on the flip side, there's something about like being part of a team and being a new person and knowing your role. Yeah. And and yeah, I remember listening to Derek. You and Derek Lanou talked about this. He was a guy he played for the Spits. They won. He was on the, the one of the team. I think the one World of the Cubs. years. Yeah, the two second years? Year. second year? First one. I don't forget. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. But he Maybe two. one. Well, what <laughs> well, he's so he's a doctor now. Really successful yeah. guy. Yeah. And I remember listening to him talk about it and and there's there's a fine line between, you know, being a part of the team and then completely isolating yourself because, you know, like you're saying, everything offends you or or whatever. So to me, where I know they have a rule now that everybody's gotta pick the pucks up right so like to me that's not hazing if you say for the young guys to pick the pucks up now the if you're if you're first guy on the team or first first year guy on the team you should just do that and the reason you should just do that is not because you're less than or anything it's just that it's a it's a sign of respect like hey i know you guys you've put in your hours like you've earned your stripes here i'm the new guy like i'll pick the pucks up i'll help out more around the the room and all of this stuff, you should just do that anyways, because it's just a, a, a respect thing. You're new to an organization. Hmm. And that's just a small thing you can do just to show that you appreciate the opportunities that you have and that you're respectful of the older guys and all of this. That doesn't mean the older guys aren't going to be dicks about it or, or treat you like crap because they will probably at some point you're going to come across a veteran guy. That's a complete yeah. loser yeah. because everyone has them on every team for the most part, at yeah. least for some of the time. Yeah. And those guys, they should just as just as well help clean up just because it's the right thing to do. Like, I yeah. remember being in, in dressing rooms as over. I was always helping the equipment guys and the trainers and stuff clean up around. Throw the tape in the garbage, man. Don't be a, a human mess. being. Yeah, don't leave a mess in your stall. Like, help pick the pucks up. Yeah. Like, help unload extra bags off the bus. Like, yeah. these are things that you can just do because you should. So if you're the young guy, the, the reason you're going to pick the pucks up is not because the guy is telling you to. It's just because it's a respectful thing. And yeah. the thing, too, is you should have... You should try to grow to have enough confidence that if a guy is, is like bullying you in the room with like all the Rook talk and all this crap, like if he says to you, Hey Rook, like, you know, pick the pucks up. You should have enough confidence to look at him and say, shut up. Yeah. Whether you're 16 or not, yeah, just do it. Yeah. Because if you do the right things around the rank, you, you try hard, you work hard, all that stuff. You're not going to be, Isolated from the rest of the group because you told an idiot to shut up. They'll actually no, probably respect you a little bit more, right? Everyone agrees with you. Exactly. So, so you go, you go, you know you say I'm going to pick the pucks up, but not because you're telling me to, yeah. right? Yeah. It Has yeah. nothing to do with what you're doing, and yeah. that's 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 kind of what yeah. what you're talking about with being offended and stuff. You gotta yeah. you gotta know how to toe the line a little bit, you yeah. know. Well, I was, so that's another thing. It's just a uh,
1: one of those unexpected things. Like if a lot of parents don't understand this part of hockey, or players don't understand because hockey is just a nice little game when you're a kid. You get there's a hierarchy as you move up. Just, it is what it is. Yeah, is. They're everywhere, man. You've been on the team for four years. This is your first month. So there's a respect that you have to do. So I remember guys would be really offended, like thought that they were, uh, like you said, less, because as rookies, we'd have to pick up pucks. You'll get these seats on the bus. Veterans got one seat to themselves. You'd have to pair up on the bus. And yeah. You couldn't oh, yeah. sleep. You couldn't move. Yep. You had to help load the bus and all these things. And those things, come on.
0: Yeah. Those that's not, are those that's are not just, hazing. That's man. not hazing. Yeah. That's
1: just part of you know. And you should you. That's just called earning your stripes. That's all that is. Yeah. And it's all good. And it's it's not a big deal. And if you're the only rookie, then that's a story to tell yeah. later. I think. I I just um yeah. Those things are are fine. Like as I told my son, he knows. You pick up like when you go to your first thing, you're picking up pucks. You're the last one off the ice if you can, and but you pick up pucks. You help the trainers. You make sure you pick up your shit because if you're not, you're a, you're a goof. Yeah, you're a shit guy. Yeah, like you just learn that. There's no, it's not because you're a uh, lesser person. It's because you're a new guy and you're earning your stripes. Yeah, and when guys see your teammates see that, you just automatically do that. There's nothing that they can pick on because you're just doing the right things, and that's all you're trying to be is just a good team guy. So. It was funny, and you were you're probably hear this. I'm I'm sure you've seen this several times. I've had some. I've had my ju- some of my junior skates where some pros have come out. So one in particular is uh, um, Zach and Dalton. Pr- Zach Cassian and Dalton Pro were out. Uh, ecky might have been whatever, but I remember ecky wasn't a p- puck picker upper because that's not his style. But um, at the end of the practice. I said, let's clean her up there, boys. Let's go. And uh, Zach and Dalton were the first ones picking up pucks. And the kids were farting around. So I kind of lost it on them. I said, this, I'm going to teach you a lesson here. This is how hockey is. These guys have been playing in the NHL for eight years now. I said, they're on the ice with you, helping you. You're getting to watch them. You're getting to learn from them. You're getting to see, wow, it a, should be a privilege to skate with an NHL player if you have any respect for the game. I said, you're watching them pick up the pucks that you guys have used. That's not the way it works. I said you should you should be telling them no no we got the pucks thanks for coming out that's the way it should be yeah and uh, but on the flip side Zach and Dalton would never not do it Zach in the middle of drills will be the first one even with the NHL guys the first one if I if I need to use pylons or props or something on the ice he's hey, packer where do you want them like he's he's setting them up and that's what leadership is
0: well and that's and that's the difference because the you know when you're with actual like quality people around yeah. they'll just do it anyways yes. so you'll be the rookie picking the pucks up but you'll have. Johnny, twenty-year-old yes. picking the pucks up with you just because that's what you should Talk, do. Talking to you, yeah, well, right.
1: Practice. Yeah. You did good in practice. Today. Yeah, just pick them up, man. It's Keep not working. not a yeah. big deal. But yeah.
0: but you know you get the, this thing now where these young guys that come in they got the ego, right? They yeah. got the I'm really good ego. I lose that shit. And and that's the that's the issue when you when you push the line so far, yeah. where anything is offensive now because yeah. now you got these little punks coming in yeah. and they don't they don't learn how to function inside the hierarchy of a team, yeah. right? and it's not saying like that there people aren't equal and what I'm not we're not talking about that no. it's just there's a certain dynamic that it's just human nature man that's just how the relationship interactions are going to occur when you're a new person you have to find your way into the group yeah you can't get rid of that that's not just get, you can try to enforce rules that make it go away but you're talking about 16 to 20 year old boys yeah. like they're 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 stupid like yeah, yeah, they don't know they're thing. just gonna do stupid stuff, yeah, they're exactly. gonna find a way around whatever yeah. your rules are to yeah. do whatever they're gonna do anyways, right, yeah, so when you go into that situation, you need to be you need to know that there's certain things that they're not hazing, and that's just things you should do, yeah, and then you should also know like where the line's at if you do find yeah. yourself in one of those situations because it it could still happen, yeah that you can, you can, you know, weasel your way out of those situations so you're not doing something stupid or yeah. dangerous or that you could get in big-time trouble for, especially yeah. now with all, like, the social media and everything. It's like yeah. you get caught, you send one message, there's one picture, there's forever, it's up. Yeah. Someone's got it forever, yeah. you know, and there's nothing you can do about that.
1: Yeah. There's just another, I was just thinking of a couple of things here, so just, like, talking about that in practice and stuff, if you're always the guy picking up the pucks, like, let's regardless of rookie, veteran or whatever, or if you're doing things, you always seem to be the guy doing it, like at work, let's say, yeah, when you're always the guy putting other people's stuff away, it's frustrating. Oh, yeah. So just turn the tables and don't frustrate other people. Just be a good guy. Yeah. Right. If you, in our gym, if you lift the weights, if you leave them on the rack and you leave the bench in the middle of the floor and you leave stuff all over the place, someone else has to do it. So take care of your own shit oh, so yeah. that no one else has to. The, the other side of that is also I'm just trying to think of a scenario outside of hockey, but when I do something for you as your boss, call me a boss today, yeah, yeah, yeah. as your boss, and I say uh, and I give you a, I I do something where no you go for it. go ahead, no no and you're because you're showing me this track no no you're the boss no no you go ahead, or we or if you're a teammate and you're going like you're an older guy, and like this is where the young guys have to learn is be like that. So if you're going to a team dinner and the older guy goes no no go go buddy like you go. What does it do for that person? I mean, it seems so small. Yeah. I mean, if you guy, guys in it goes, yeah, okay, whatever. But most people are going, oh, th- thanks, man. Like he made you feel good, your teammate. Oh yeah. So that's how you want to be all the time. You know, the one of the one of the things in the military is that with that's what um, they say that's one way that the generals and commanders gain respect very very quickly is they eat last. They wait, let everybody go, and then what's left over? Because look the, hey, the reality is the the troop the 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 soldiers the the guys the boots on the ground are the ones doing the work Mm -hmm. they're the hungry ones but it's a leadership principle right like if you can leaders eat last yeah that's great yeah um and it's it's just you put the team first it's just a whole bunch of scenarios right it's um anyways that's that's something that you should probably look at and just in general it's not about how old you are how much experience you are is when when someone is is just nice to you like as a nice human being or doesn't is not just thinking of themselves, you get a better player, a better person, better team yeah
0: well that's it I like that too. you're talking about you know putting the team first because that's just a skill that again, most of these guys you' you're you're not gonna be an n h l player like if you play one game a pro you're in the upper echelon of yeah. hockey players yeah. right and but but being able to to work in a team that and knowing the relationship dynamics of between people and being able to navigate those successfully, you can bring that anywhere, right? You can take that anywhere. And then you'll always be a valued member of whatever team you're on because you know how to, how to behave, right? You know what to do when you're, wherever you are, you know, and that's, that's one of those things, right? And if you run into, you know, you have one of those older guys, that's just a jerk and just, that shouldn't stop you from doing the right things just because he's a jerk. Let him be a jerk. You can tell him off and do whatever, but you keep doing the things that, you should do yeah. because you want to be the good guy on the team that everyone wants around yeah right yeah so I got,
1: I got a funny story go ahead so not a jerk he's he was my line mate he was tough as nails he's uh five ten uh we say his first name that's it Freddie uh beauty guy tough as nails tough as nails but he was the guy <laughs> I just do I wouldn't want to remember be remembered for this but if Freddie if you're laughing I'm, or if you're watching you know that I love you I'm not making I'm not cutting you up I'm just using it as an example we all we all said it anyways he'd be the guy that so in our dressing room we'd have a table big table in the middle of the room and you'd have tape and you'd have gum you would have all the different tapes all the kind of gums you have the skate you are the stick you know we used to curve our sticks back then so we have the torch and all this stuff like it, it, it you feel pro right so you go grab a stick of gum and you a five three five and you know rub yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. You're, you're joe big shot yeah, here, yeah. right? <laughs> freddie on our team there's probably one or two on every team would just like scoop stuff so we'd go to the table there'd be like one pack of gum left and you know there was like, about 64 packs of gum there'd be like six rolls of tape left like where's the other 30 32 roll like come on you know that was him and then yeah. so one day we were going and some one of the companies uh left car washes out and like car washes like i mean there was probably 600 different car washes there that There was one pile left, and it was like, Freddie had about 500 and some car washes. And we're like, dude, you're going to be here for another two months. He goes, are you washing your car six times a day? Like, could someone else wash their car? (laughs) Unbelievable.
0: (laughs) You don't want to be that guy. Well, that's, that's, that's the point too though, right? Cause the other guys on the team, they check into stuff like oh, that. God, they can yeah. see if you're the idiot or you're the, you're the undercover selfish guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you act like a good guy, but yeah. you're actually not yeah. like everyone picks yeah. up on all this stuff. Right. So yeah. it's important to be able to, to deal with those things, Yeah. you know? Yeah. But, um,
1: the last thing I wanted to talk about as far as, uh, going on the, um, uh, on, on, on things that you want to control or, uh, no, that's not the word is, is, um, when you're in a uh, situation that you're unfamiliar with, the things that'll get you, it could be uh, could be coaching. So a lot of people go into these organizations thinking that they're in the, you know, the great organization and or the coach, whatever. We got to make sure that, or you got to make sure that if the coach isn't Joe friendly and doesn't talk to you and doesn't give you feedback and all that stuff, that you're going to be a hockey player regardless. Um, because coaches are paid to win hockey games at certain levels and if you don't um, and it, you might not be that important to them so you have to find out like in all these situations the unknowns you have to be able to solve problems and make sure that that dream is big so that you can overcome and uh, and deal with it because it's like you gotta take the emotion out of everything and just do the task just do the task no one cares what the problems are um, what issues you have doing it you have to learn how to do the task so um you know a lot of kids will come in and they never played in a real system before. So they're going to come to the maybe the OHL or college, and the first time they're going to have a real structured system where they were goal scorers at one time, and now all of a sudden the coach says, well, you're not good enough, but not maybe not even say Maybe you might say it. And now you're going to be on the fourth line, and your role is like one one of my uh, one of my friends that played in the NHL said he's got a, one job. One job is to climb over the boards when the puck's in the, on a change and get through the neutral zone getting big and wide. He's got about 10 seconds of work. And then he has to get off the ice and he has to be good at that. Makes a makes a million dollars a year doing it though. Um no lot no not a lot of glory, but that's the job. But when you get to a different level, you have to accept that job and do it well. Um coach might not explain it to you, but you have to do your job well. So that's not about how you feel about doing it, it's do it well. That's how your opportunities come.
0: Yeah, and I think the the thing too is is don't let don't let these other things get in the way because you weren't prepared. And yep. that's and that's kind of the the thing that I want to leave with today is is all of these external factors that are going to come up when you go into playing junior billets, the food situation, interactions with your teammates, the hazing, the rookie parties, and stuff, all that. Don't let those things crumble you or or like I said before blindside you because you weren't ready for the possibility of them happening. And that's kind of the what we're trying to do getting this, this information out to you guys is know that the, you won't, like I said, you won't be prepared until you do it. You have to go through it. You're not, there's, there's only so much you can do to prepare yourself until it actually happens, but expect it to happen so that you're ready. Because like we were both talking about, we both seen guys just be absolutely crushed, crumbled, ruin their career, ruin their life because they got sucked into, you know, like the underworld of hockey. Cause they weren't ready yeah, for that. So make sure you guys are are prepared for that to whatever whatever degree you can be.
1: Yeah, yeah. The th- and the thing I'm just going to finish on this is just th- learn how to do the things that, like Dalton said, that aren't cool at the time because you know they're going to pay off at the end of the day. Because you keep that big, nice you know, that dream and that goal nice and big, so that's your motivating factor every day. And if you really want that, you're going to do things that other people aren't willing to do. Period. Period. Might be getting up early. You know. Looking back at my on on my life, I'm I'm very uh, fortunate that I had the self awareness at a certain point in my life to say, okay, this isn't working the way I'm living my life, and I, I immersed myself into a self help program, if that's the best word I can come up with right now. Where if I, because if I was continue to have the uh, the mindset that I had at 16 to 20, um, I wouldn't be very far right now. So I took, you know, what wasn't cool is, uh, you know, guys were going, my buddies were going out and doing all kinds of things that people do, but I had to take a really self uh, or a really really good look at my life and say, okay, this isn't working, so what are you going to do about it? So I knew that I was lacking confidence, I knew I was lacking a lot of skills, and I I just immersed myself into trying, trying, uh, you know, reading books and, and trying things, just trying things, working really hard at just making myself better. So that meant early mornings, late nights, doing things that weren't fun, but they were fun at the end of the day. But how, so what was my, what's my point of that? My point is, is that at the end of the day, um, I've I've got people that I never thought would be my friends at that, those ages who are my friends or look up to me. I've got, you know, I've been able to speak in situations or in places where I never thought were that wasn't me. I remember calling my mom one day because she used to get on me about going to school because I didn't like school. I called her one day because I was doing a talk at a university I said, How do you like that one, Mom that doesn't make any sense, does it? But I made myself fairly intelligent and i because I just did the work, and my business even you know even around here when I started my business, the first First time I started it, when I first started, I didn't really know what I was doing. I did, I did it out of necessity, but when I, I had to get people, how was how am I gonna get people? So I made, I had a friend of mine show me on a computer how to make brochures, and I would hand them out to people, and people didn't know who I was at the, down here because I'm not from here. And I remember people grabbing it and laughing, saying, oh, "Hockey school, stupid hockey school." And it could have been, could have been the, the, enough for me to say, "Well, that's not gonna work," but I kept at it, and then, and I kept doing the thing, and then I started getting results. And then it exploded fairly quickly. And then through trial and effort, trial and error, I have did some things that were really good and did some things where I made mistakes where my business could be a lot better, but I stuck to it and stuck to my principles because in this business, in the hockey business, it's very easy to lie to people. It's very easy to uh, um, just take whatever you can get. I mean, I could make a lot of money every minute of the day. And I just choose not to do that because it's not the right thing. But it was, so that's, that's a skill there itself is having principles and morals that, you know, you define what you want to be and where you want to go. Um, but it would have been easy to get to take it a different way. I wouldn't have had the the long-term success though. So I was fortunate enough to look at things at a longer term. So I've been in business for a little over 20 years now and have a nice reputation from doing the right things that were not necessarily popular at the time. You know, the way I trained people in the beginning, people were like, like, never seen that before. That's dumb. A private lesson. What is that? Well, my mindset was different than everybody else's, and I had to believe in that. I had to stick to it, and uh, it paid off at the end, and I've been all over the world doing this, and and I've got a lot of successful players that I've trained, and it's going to continue to be better, and another side note on the business is, I remember it was about, uh, so 2010, uh, my gym was at another spot and one of my uh, one of the guys working for me said um because i don't know why you do like you have all the overhead and stuff there's no money in that it costs you money and i said yeah i know but it's a professional business and there is overhead and stuff and because his idea was like if you just go out on the ice and just charge people that's where you make all the money And, and you do you make a lot of money you can make a lot of money but it's only one thing and it, uh, it it t- it would take away the professionalism of our of our business. So, but the funny thing was, is that sticking to that plan and going through some ups and downs because we've had some times where we had times where it was been where it has been you know some rough times like two thousand and eight two thousand nine when the economy kind of crashed. That wasn't a picnic for me. I was at my highest debt in business, and my lowest uh, revenue. And it was I had scary 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 times like for for myself and my business. But we got out of it, but right now in the COVID thing. I still have a, a place to work out of. Whereas, you know, the rules in Canada for people that aren't in Ontario or Canada is like, things are shot, you can't do anything, but I still can to a certain degree yep. and I can still create revenue. So i made an investment when it wasn't popular. I grinded it out when it wasn't popular people had a, uh, uh, when they were looking at the game, they were looking at a short game where I was looking at, I was looking at a short too, but I had maybe because I was more stuck than anything, but I had to see this thing through and by seeing it through. I'm going. I I knew I would last longer, but I'm going to last longer for sure because yeah. I have an actual business. Like it's legit, right? And there's principles and something that you can be proud of, not just taking a bag of uh, pucks to different rinks and throwing sh- yeah. shit on the wall.
0: well, I, th- I think maybe like bringing that kind of full circle again for the for the kids listening to and their and their parents. That's that's just it. You know, st- sticking to your principles, whatever the situation is that you find yourself in, prepare yourself the best you can. For those situations and just make sure that you're ready if you have to pivot if you have to do something that's uncomfortable whatever be as ready as you can be going into those situations so that you don't get swiped like top mentioning the COVID thing like we're seeing so many people now just done yeah, toast yeah. right because they it's didn't no picnic no it's i'm not i'm not saying oh, they yeah. they there's every right to be toast man like it's a tough it's a tough time but if you can be the one that pulls out of it yeah or you can be the one that handles it yeah then you come through on the other side whether that's you know playing junior hockey c- coming through or in your business coming through like whatever yeah. it is you have tools that can get you through it and then you're the person everyone wants to be around on the other side yeah you know yeah so i think that's a that's a good place to leave it off on yeah all right let's do this all right man Good. Okay. cool